Well, good morning and welcome to Valley Lights Church. I'm glad to see you all here. Thanks for joining us on our, our grand reopening. So we're, we're, we're calling this a reopening because this isn't our first grand opening. <laughs> we've had about uh, maybe about four grand reopenings because we've moved around in the city since we got started in 2020. Uh, also, we, uh, this is a, a grand reopening because this isn't our first time at Rio Norte. And we've, we actually met here as a church briefly for about two months in the fall of 2021. And that, you know, COVID made things tricky back then. And so uh, God led us around. We, we were in a different location over the past year. Over all of 2022, we were at a location on Seiko Canyon in Bouquet. Uh, but God has led us back to this spot again, it would seem. And uh, we're really excited to be here. So this is kind of our relaunch and this is ex- exciting way to um, let folks in our community know that we're here and we're, we're open and we want to we wanna connect with you guys. So, um, so I'm really excited that you're here for this. It's a big day for us. And then it's also a big day for our sending church. And as I mentioned, we're, we're about two years old. We, we started in the middle of uh, 2020. Uh, but I was on staff at a church in Riverside, California, which is about an hour and a half east of here. And uh, we were there for a long time, and they sent us out and, and sent us with some good people. But today, so if you're, if you're totally brand new to Valley Lights, what I'm about to say is probably not going to mean very much to you, but just hang in there for a second. <laughs> um, if you're familiar with our sending church, um, you know that it was called OCC, or Orange Crest Community Church. Um, and uh, today, after, after doing church for 15 years, they're, they're changing their name. Um, God provided a new property for them uh, right in the middle of Riverside, a really strategic spot. And today, actually right now, probably at this very moment, Pastor Josh, the guy I was under for a long time, he's revealing his new name. And so I wanted you guys to know, I wanted you to have the latest off the presses information about the new name of our sending church. And it is Stone Arbor Church. So there you go. So if, uh, if, you're, if you ever went to OCC or Orange Crest Community Church, this is, no, this is nothing like <laughs> Orange Crest. There's no resemblance at all. In fact, when I was working, uh, when, I, when I planned sermons for a church, uh, Josh, the pastor of, of our sending church, we, we collaborate and we write sermons together and do the study together. And uh, he had written the name of the new church on one of the sermons. And I, I didn't, it was so different. I didn't even know I was looking at the name of the church. So um, that's really exciting. For those of you that have a connection back to Riverside, um, I'd encourage you to listen to the message today. Actually, if you go to stonearbor.com, there's a, a video on the homepage about them coming to this new name. And uh, later today, there's a ribbon cutting at their new property that we'll be going to to, to check that out. And, and you folks are welcome to go there as well. Okay. So that was the side announcement. Praise God for a big day for our sending church. Praise God for a big day for us here and all of you that are with us. Um, so some of you know that I like being outdoorsy. I love getting outside and breathing the fresh air. Today is actually especially fresh. It rained a little bit. You can see all of the mountains all around. Everything looks so beautiful. I love going hiking in the mountains and breathing the air that's cool and crisp. I love the smell of pine and earth and just being outside. And uh, I love getting fresh air. If I, if I had a preference, I'd rather be outside than inside any hour of the day. And uh, in a spiritual sense, if you get around certain kinds of people, you can have a similar impact. Certain kinds of people you get around, and you're like, man, 
these people, it's like breathing fresh air. It's, it's, there's good people to be around. Actually, at our life group this past Tuesday, one of the guys in our group, he said that his work environment is, is not the greatest. He works with a lot of guys. It's, it's kind of a, sometimes a, a toxic. The, the conversation is you know, more of like a polluted type of environment. And so he says when he gets out of work and he's able to connect with us in a life group or come to church, he's like, oh, man, it feels like a breath of fresh air to get around people that are talking about like positive things and kind of moving towards a good direction. And you might be at church this morning too today because maybe you're hoping to get around some good people. Maybe you need some more positive influence in your life as well. And what I've seen over, um, over the years is whenever people try to do life apart from God, things tend to get toxic. Things tend to get polluted. Relationships can crumble emotions run the show and we can make damaging decisions that we regret when we're doing life that's not god's way god is the designer of the planet and of life and of all of us and whenever people are living according to his ways it's like it's like a breath of fresh air and so life in god's kingdom is really good god invites us to join him in his kingdom while we're here on earth where where life is refreshingly different. And so we're going to start a new series of messages today. So today's the first of a series where over the next month, we're going to look at some of the ways of living in God's kingdom. What are, what are the ways that God wants us to live? And how is, it, how, is it, how is it better than what comes so naturally and instinctive to us? And so I want to start in this series by talking about how important the church is. The church, this one, the one we came from, maybe churches you've been to in the past, the, the church, maybe the capital C church of Jesus Christ um, that you know, is God's body on the earth is, is really, really important. But to start on that topic, I may, I may have to sell you on it a little bit. Because in our culture, I don't, you may have noticed this, but whether, whether a church does well or not is sometimes as important as whether or not a Froyo shop does well or not. <laughs> so I don't know if you've been to... Uh, I don't know. Does anybody here like frozen yogurt? You go, you're like going to frozen. Oh, there's some, some, some hands went up real fast. <laughs> I love frozen yogurt as well. I love outdoorsiness and froyo. So if I can combine those, that's a good, that's a good day. Um, but, you know, sometimes froyo shops, they, they come and then they go. Sometimes they pop up in a storefront. And a few years ago, one of the shops that I went to, this was back in Riverside, the, the shop went out of business. And I was like, oh, man. Well, Okay. <laughs> And, you know, it's, it's disappointing when the ice cream shop goes out of, out of business, but, you know, maybe not that much because, well, there's a lot of other places to go. There's other ice cream shops. There's, there's more than one, and so I can go to a different place. This is sometimes how Christians view the church. You know, like, oh, there's one here, there's one there. It doesn't really matter which one I go to or if I show up. Maybe I don't like the flavors offered at this one. I'll go to another one. So I'm not saying it's wrong to, to change churches, uh, but it should be for a bigger reason than just the flavor. And uh, if, you don't, if you don't like frozen yogurt, so if you're the kind of person like, I don't like it at all, then you might not really notice when a new shop opens or closes. And this is, the, this is probably the way most people in our culture, in our society, view church. Church may pop up like ours, or church may go, and they might not even really notice. And then if you're the kind of person that thinks Froyo is bad for people, (laughs) 
then you're good when they decline. You're, you're glad when the doors close. And that is probably more the growing view that's, that's starting to develop in our society is, man, like churches, they, you know, it's good. It's good when, they, when their doors close. So what do you think? You're here today. You have some value for the church. Do you think that the church is an essential part of society or is it an optional add-on? The Bible presents us with a very high view of the church. And one day I was reading in the Bible about how the, God describes the church as the bride of Christ. And Jesus is pictured as the husband and the church. We, all together as a body, are pictured as the bride. And one thing I know about husbands, if you criticize a man's wife, you have a problem on your hands. You might even get punched. You don't, you don't walk up to someone, a couple, and then start talking bad about the woman. And uh, years ago, when I was younger, I was in a training class with some people from my church. And I gave a presentation. We all had to give presentations during the class with a partner. And afterwards, I, I, re I, really, I was really pleased with how well I presented my material. And I, I arrogantly uh, pointed out to some, some friends how my delivery was better than the person that I was partnered with. And, and I gave some specific ways. And my partner in the exercise was the wife of another man in the group. And uh, he waited till later, <laughs> but later he came up to me when it was just one-on-one -on -one, and he, he gave me a piece of his mind. And uh, I, could, I could feel the, uh, the anger, like kind of like bubbling under, under his, his words and his emotions. And um, I realized, I didn't, even, I didn't realize what I did, but I stepped way out of line to talk, you know. I was, I was inflating myself and criticizing this woman and gulp. I was like, oh gosh, like I have, and this is actually a guy that I was connected to in the church. I was like, I just totally jacked up this, met, this relationship. I need to get, to, I had to get it cleared up. And I, I confessed that and cleared it up. And so you don't, you don't want to talk bad about someone's bride. And it can be very easy for us to criticize the bride of Christ, for us to criticize the church. We can complain about it or compare various churches in town or say how one is better than the other. And we've got to realize when we do that, we're talking bad about the bride of Christ, and we just might arouse the anger of Jesus Christ, who is the husband. This is talked about in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 25. It says, Here's, we're commanded, men, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself, in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. So Jesus loved the church, us, and many other churches before us, and many other churches that will come after us. Jesus loved us so much that he did not pay a small price. He paid a very big price for us. And now, now that he's done that, he's in the business of cleaning us up. We need a lot of cleaning. We, you know, you probably agree. You know, in those in the church, we, we, need, we need to get cleaned up. And so he will eventually present us, the church, as radiant. Kind of like a radiant wife that makes heads turn. The church will be radiant and desirable without stain or wrinkle or any blemish. And so with this understanding, when you realize how much Jesus cares about the church, you realize this whole thing of us gathering and being grouping together, this is the church is not a side project of God's. <laughs> this is his main project. This, the church, growing the church throughout history is God's 
centerpiece of his focus. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 3. It says, This is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may, be, may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. This is according to his eternal purpose, accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we see that God has, so God has a lot of wisdom. He's got a, lot of, he's got a lot of plans. He's got a lot of purposes that are really good and that he wants to put all of that on display. And so he shines the light of his wisdom through an object, kind of like, a, you know how a diamond has many sides, and if you were to shine light through a diamond, it would, it would radiate and things would sparkle, and then you'd get different kind of colors and shimmering, all kinds of that. What is, what is the object that God is shining his wisdom through? It's the church. It's us. He, he displays his wisdom and his plans for eternity through us. And who watches this unfold? Who's watching this wisdom, these plans? It's, it says the rulers and authorities in the heavens. So there's, there's some, some powerful, influential spiritual beings that we can't see. They're, they're, they're in the heavens. Angels and, and who knows what else God has created that are, that are watching God's plan unfold here on earth. And, you know, these, these rulers and authorities, they're, they're focused not on the things that we all tend to focus on, like, you know, Biden's classified documents and where are they? Like, they're not focused on it. They're not the, the heavenly rulers. They're not focused on who Kanye West just married or what Elon Musk is tweeting. None of that. Like, all this stuff that takes so much time and focus and attention for, uh, for people. No, no, they're, they're, not, they're not focused on that stuff. These heavenly beings are ooing and aahing over the multifaceted wisdom of God shining on display through the church. Even, some, even a small gathering like this, it's incredible to me. It's, when, you, when you think about that, really, like what we're doing, is this really all that significant? I even thought last night in our life group, you know, we had a bunch of people sitting in a circle sharing about our week and talking about the Bible and praying together and a little gathering in a home. Is that really all that significant? Yeah, it is. What we're doing when we gather, when we grow, when we encourage, when we read the Bible together, it is phenomenally significant. It is God's main project, what he's building. And when I began to realize this, I realized that being a part of a church, whether it's a big one, a small one, it's got different personalities, being a part of a church is fantastically significant. So I'm going to share a crazy statement I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something that you might disagree with, but I'll explain it. And so then you, when I get to the end, you, you, you'll tell me if you can agree or not. But here's what I think. What everyone in the world is really looking for is their place in a local church. Everybody's looking for something, right? Everybody's trying to find purpose or meaning or trying to level up in life or to kind of to put their lives together. Everyone's kind of angling and moving towards something. And I, I actually think they're, maybe they don't know it, maybe not everybody realizes it, but they're looking for their place in a local church like this one. And I say that partly because of what it said in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, and it's speaking to those who follow Jesus already, it says, now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. So the church, we are the body of Jesus. And if, so if you were to see Jesus in physical form, 
You know, there's an Albertsons around the corner here. If you saw Jesus, like, pushing the cart down, down the aisle, you're like, whoa, there's Jesus. Like, that's, that's, that would be amazing to see him in bodily form. Well, we don't see him. He was here on earth already about 2,000 years ago. He's not in body, but we are the body. We are the body of Christ. So we get to see him in action. The unbelieving world gets to see him in action when they see us. We're his hands and feet. And so we're the body parts of Jesus. He's the head, and so we make up the different body parts. And body parts are not like Legos. So if you think about you know, being a part of a church, hey, you, you plug in and you get to be a part of the body of Christ. But then maybe, oh, maybe I'll just like, I'll, you know, I'll snap off and I'll, I'll go to another church. I'll plug in there and we can, we can kind of hop around. It doesn't actually work that way all that great. Body parts, so when we're talking about the body of Christ, it's, it means more like flesh and blood bodies, like you got organs. Um, in Ephesians, it talks about how we're like, each of us are like ligaments, you know, tendons, muscles, all interconnected. And you don't, I don't know if you've ever like popped off a part, a part of your body. They don't, things don't come off easily. Actually, you have, you, things need to, if, when things comes off, there's a problem. There's like something is being surgically removed. It's painful. You know, imagine, imagine a, a body part just, you know, like a floating Christian who's not a part of a church is kind of like a body part that's just been lopped off. Like a body part on the floor is not going to do very good. <laughs> and so this is, it, part, of, part of what happens to be a part of the body of Christ, it takes time and it takes trust to work together and to actually develop and be a part and be built in. And all that Jesus has done, his, his great desire for his bride, the church, all that he's done, he did what he did so that you can finally get the chance to be a part of continuing what he started on earth. And so each of you, if you follow Jesus, you are a part of the body of Christ. And so there's two big implications from this. One implication is, if you're a Christian, if you follow Jesus, then you belong in a church. You belong in a church. There, in the New Testament, if you were to read the Bible, the, top, the part after Jesus came and people began to follow him, and then all after that, there's, you can't ever find any individual Christians. You, you read about people that are in a church, or you read about some people that are starting a church, or they're traveling to or from a church, or they're in jail, but it's because of church. <laughs> and so, but you don't, you don't find any just people on their own. I do me and Jesus on my own. That doesn't happen. And part of that is because we're not meant to be alone. We're, we're like a puzzle piece. God's created us to fit somewhere. He's created you to fit somewhere. You know, we've all got unique edges and shapes and some, pe some puzzle pieces, like, oh, yeah, I can see where that goes. And some are like, I don't know, this, this is a really weird piece. I don't know where to put this one. But, you know, we all have got our personalities and abilities and gifts. And this collection of uniqueness that defines us is not just for the sake of our own creativity, but because we were created, designed for belonging somewhere. God designed us just to fit into a place nicely. And... You know, you could, you could open a box of puzzle pieces and you could take out a piece and be like, oh, this is, this is one nice piece. But you don't really do that for very long because it's not supposed to be looked at by itself. You never see a single puzzle piece on display, like framed on a wall. No, it's, you, you're like, yeah, this needs to go in somewhere. We're individual beings created to be part of something much bigger. And you begin to learn about that most of us begin to learn about that in family life. 
And family is the first place where we're given a chance to learn how we fit into a larger group. And as you grow up, you might have parents or siblings. And really, that's, that's just the beginning of us finding our place on earth. And the family is designed to launch us out into the world and we'll begin to find our place in a bigger world. But if you don't get a good start in family life, and not everybody does, if you don't get a really good start in family life, then <clears throat> it, it tends to be harder. It's more difficult for us to find our place as an adult. Family is where we're supposed to learn the importance of, we have a lot of value, but we're not by ourselves. We need to contribute to the whole thing. We need, the, the whole family needs to work together. And that's where we learn that. And, and in fact, if, you're, if you have siblings, then you learn you don't get what you want. Actually, you might get what you want grabbed away from you, and you gotta deal with that. That's, there's so many valuable lessons in family life. But even the best of families, it's not big enough for us. God intends more. It's not just enough to be a part of a family. So then we move out and begin to work. We find a, a, a workplace. So while f the theme of family life is that you're valuable, but you're not the center, work teaches us that you're supposed to contribute to something larger than yourself. You're supposed to help society develop. You're supposed to, to do something with your time and your hands to make a contribution. And so the problem is that even when we do that, we find, we find our workplace, even if you have a job that you love, man, that's, that's just still not quite big enough either. You can have a great job and be like, man, I, I feel like I need something a little bit more. Sometimes people with big, great jobs Say, man, I can't wait till I retire so then I can, I can do what I really want to do. But is it God's plan to have us work most of our lives so that we just might have a chance to spend a few years right at the end to do something really important? No, he, he plans for us to, to be a part of something all throughout. The place where you and I were created to belong most deeply is the church. The church doesn't replace your family or your work, but it connects both of them to the larger purposes of God. So while you're raising your families and while you're doing your work, you're also participating in what God is doing in the world. So don't wait till you're old enough or till you're rich enough to find your true place in the world. The place is now and the time is now to be a part of that. So. A lot, of, a lot of people spend their entire lives looking for that thing that's missing. Man, I, I've done so much, I've amassed so much, but it feels like something's missing still. I, I don't totally feel t truly alive. The truth is, they're the ones that are missing. And nothing can be added to fix that because we're not the frame of the puzzle, we're a piece in the puzzle. God designed us to be a piece and, and take part in what he's doing. God has been working out his plans and purposes long before we got here. He'll work his plans out through eternity, and he invites us to be a part of it. What a privilege. And while I was, and it's, yeah, so we weren't designed to, as individuals. Jesus sets up the visible frame of the puzzle piece, of the puzzle, and he calls it the church. And uh, while I was an associate pastor at our sending church, from time to time, people would, would occasionally say, like, oh, we're, we're moving. We're moving out of the area to a different city or a different state. And um, it would be, you know, it would be sad, and they would feel sad. And sometimes there's, you know, good reasons to move, and there's nothing wrong with moving. But, you know, I might ask, 
hey, have you, are you moving because God's calling you to be a part of a church there? And their answer might be like, oh, there's lots of churches. I'm sure we'll find one. And that's true. That's, that's true. Most places you go, you can find a church. And a mentor of mine, that, the pastor of Seabreeze Church, he, he calls this the grocery store view of the church. Because if I were to ask if somebody like, oh, we're moving, I'm like, oh my goodness, how are you going to get food? Like, there's grocery stores there. We'll find some grocery stores. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, churches are not like grocery stores. It's not like, oh, we're moving to a new place. We'll find a church. We'll find a grocery store. We'll find a gym. It, it does, it's, not actually, it's not like that. It's not designed to be like that. God does feed us in the context of the church. But a church is primarily where you find your place in the great plan of God that he's been stretching out for millennia and across the globe. The church is not just a place to get fed. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to find your place in the church and build those relational ligaments and tendons needed for God to do all that he intends when he made you the way that he did. So the church is just not another grocery store or, or a, a froyo shop where you can get your loaf of bread or get your ice cream one place just as easily as another. God does move people. He moved my wife Erin and I to California from New York 16 years ago. And you might move at some point in your life, but don't let it be just because of a new workplace or a retirement place or a grassy yard or some other desirable characteristic. Let it be that maybe you would consider moving because God is giving you a new assignment in the church, the most important thing on the, on the planet that he's been building. Maybe that would be the reason. Or if, if not that, at least if you were to move, consider putting as much effort into finding a church as you would finding a job or finding a house. Because, you know, when you, do, when you move, you like put hours and hours of research into something like that. Moving is fine, but we can't, let, we can't view the church as an afterthought. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. What this is saying is that Jesus laid the foundation of the church, but then we become the building blocks. Like, what, it, what is the building material that he starts building with? It's us. It's our lives. You know, we, we join together. We start stacking on and growing and being a part of things, and we rise to become the place that his spirit dwells and where, and where, and where we belong. The church, of course, is not a building. The church is not a multi-purpose room in a junior high school. It's not a little building or it's not... And we, we, we actually met outside in a park for the first three months of our church. The park is not our church either. It is us. It's our very lives. It's our relationships together and with Christ. So we are the building. So it's not enough just to set foot on the foundation and feel like you belong. You've got to be a part of being built together. And may, maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you've been a part of a church where you're like, I feel like I'm built into the structure here. Or maybe you've never really felt that. Maybe you felt, I've, I've never really felt that kind of, you know, essential connection with people. Well, people are looking for a sense of belonging. It sure is nice when you, when you walk into a group and you feel like, man, I belong here. Like, man, these are my people. That, that feels really good. Some people try church 
but they don't really experience the belonging. I mean, why is that? Why, why can you walk in, or even, you could even be somewhere for a, bunch, a long time, you could be somewhere for a long time, but not quite feel like those are my people. Well, sometimes that happens because someone hasn't made any personal investments. So in a similar way, imagine going to a bank and you walk up to the teller and you say, um, I'd like to withdraw $300, please. They're like, okay, what's your, uh, can you just give me your bank account information? And you say, uh, oh, I don't, I don't have a bank account here. I just want money. Like, they're like, well, sir, you need to open an account and then make investments. You can't just, you, it doesn't work that way. And that, you know, that sounds obvious. Banks do have money. They for sure do, but only for people with accounts there who have invested in those accounts. So just like standing in a bank won't get you money, it's the same way just attending a church won't get you a sense of belonging, just standing in the building. You're in the right place at the right time. You're standing on the right foundation. Jesus is the foundation, but what needs to happen is we need to open an account and begin making investments contributions. And the way that you open an account at a church or to be a part of what God's doing is first to decide to follow Jesus Christ. Make him your Lord, your master. That's how you open an account. And then you start making some deposits and you do that by getting involved with your time and your gifting and your resources, getting to know people, sharing and receiving, learning the values and working together to become an integrated part so that you're you're built into it and that like if you weren't there it would be noticed or things would things would not be the same so what, what we have here from looking at this here's here's another the, the second big idea what we're looking at if you are a christian you're needed in a church so not only do christians belong in church but you're needed not only is it good for your own sense of belonging, to, like, to feel that, that enjoyment and that satisfaction, but you're needed. <clears throat> so my family likes doing puzzles. I like occasionally riding through and then snapping a few pieces in before they get to the hard parts. <laughs> and then they get to the hard parts, and I'm like, all right, my work here is done. Um, every once in a while, we finish a puzzle. I should say they finish a puzzle, and there's a piece missing. At the very end, like, oh man, like we got four kids. I don't know which one took it, but there, oh, what do we, what do we, there's a piece missing. And uh, you know, you could, if you have a thousand piece puzzle, you could have 999 beautifully put together pieces, snapped in perfection. But what is the one thing that stands out? A piece is missing. That's all you can see. Maybe God brought puzzles into creation to teach us this one point. <laughs> like a puzzle piece, if you are on the floor, the whole picture suffers. If you're a Christian, you belong in a church, and if you're not there, the whole picture suffers. If, you're, if, you, if you belong somewhere and you're not there, what could be is diminished. If Valley Lights Church is where you belong, but you don't take that seriously, then what God wants to do here is diminished. You're not just a part. You're a pretty important part. And your involvement in church really matters. And what God is doing through the church really matters. It's exciting to be a part of this. But, you know, you would say, you, maybe you'd say, like, my, my role in church really matters. No one would, would argue that, you know, my role here is significant. If I hadn't put the time in, then 
you would notice. If I didn't prepare this talk well, you would notice. Or if the band didn't rehearse, you'd notice. Or if our kids' own teachers didn't show up, all of the kids would be in here, and we'd all notice. <laughs> um, but what if you didn't come? Maybe, maybe, maybe you're one that doesn't have a specific role, but what if you didn't come? 1 Corinthians 12, look what it says. The eye, talking about body parts again, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. Meaning, maybe, maybe you don't have a big flashy role, or maybe you're not carrying a load. You're still a part. And actually what this says is your part is indispensable. You're needed. What God intended, what, what, if, what if on a Sunday God intended you to talk to somebody this morning and that person, you know, they, they needed some encouragement going into the next week. And, but if you weren't there, or if you came but your mind was on autopilot, that person would go off into the week with less help than they could have. If you're supposed to be here, it's for a reason. You're needed. So if you're a Christian, you are needed in a church. So I'm not saying don't ever miss a Sunday. This summer, we're going to do a family vacation, and we're not supposed to be here on those Sundays. <laughs> and uh, it's between you and God if you're supposed to be here on any given day. But if you are, if you're, if you're part of this body, of what God is building, um, then you're needed, even if you don't have a specific role to play on that morning or on that group night or at that gathering. And I would say, you know, COVID over the past few years has really tested the resolve of Christians on this matter because, you know, there's many churches that have really improved their online services. Many in our church network have, have done a great job improving the quality. And um, more established churches have, have online or live stream options. And it's primarily, I think, for people that are newer to get a picture of what the church is like there. Or if you're sick and, and you don't want to get around people, then there's options for that. But viewing church online is not the same as church. You probably, I mean, most people would probably agree, even if you do kind of like the coziness of just, you know, home and jammies and coffee and all that, you know, it's not the same. It's just not the same. And if you've settled for watching online for convenience, man, then, then whatever church that Christian is supposed to be a part of is diminished. And it's not, they're less than what they could be. So, you know, what, what we've addressed here in this topic today is, um, is, is an encouragement not to let the low view of church from our society seep into your thinking. Don't, don't let our society drag you down to seeing the bride of Christ as unimportant. Don't get tricked into thinking that the church is a place to get fed rather than a place where you belong. And certainly don't believe the lie that the church doesn't need you. You can do it on your own. I think, personally, based on all the people that I've talked to since we've lived here, I think that Santa Clarita is a city full of people that have bought the lie. Church doesn't need me. I'm good with Jesus on my own. And they're trying to piece life together without the frame or the big picture. There's a really great, there's a lot of great churches in town here. And the different churches in town have different flavors. And I've, I've been befriended by many of the pastors of the churches here and um, even of different denominations. And there, there actually is a pretty special 
mutual support for the churches in town that I've, I've, I've experienced. And so I don't know if Valley Lights is your church or if it's the place for you. But if it is, if it is your church, we really are glad. We're glad for that. And we really need you. And so if you think maybe this applies to you or you're considering this, a few next steps that you might consider. Here's some ways that you might get built in to what God is doing here. One way would be to join a life group. Groups really are a place where you get to know people on a deeper level. You can support others and be supported and just begin to focus your mind on some things that God has said in his word in a way that, man, I know how to live this out in my life. And it's, it's, very, it's a way to be built up together. So if you've never been a part of a group here and you'd like that, then let us know in your connection card that you want more info about that. Another way that you can be a part of what God is doing is to volunteer. We're portable, so we set up all of this and then we tear it all down. And so Sunday mornings is a big project every week and uh, we need more help. In fact, if you'd like to help out, you could even jump right in after service today and help, uh, help with the tear down and begin to be a part of, of what's needed. Again, if you, if you want info about volunteering in any of our ministry teams, you can let us know on your connection card as well. Another thing that you might consider is, man, maybe this would be new for you, is to consider following Jesus for the very first time. And you'd say, if, if that's you, you can also write on your card, I'd like some more information. What does that even look like? How would I open accounts with God, so to speak? How do I get started in getting right with him? We can help you with that. And then one other possibility for you. Maybe you're not totally sure if Valley Lights is the church for you, but one thing you could do is come back next week and you could explore a little bit more. We'll talk about some other ways of living in God's kingdom and how life is so refreshingly different when we live according to his ways. And so you could even write that on your card and say like, I don't know what else I want to do, but I'll, I'll come back next week and I'll check it out. So I, hope, I do hope to see you next week. Let me close us in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your word and we thank you also for the church. It is your design it's the object of your focus and your attention, and you gather us together. You build the church because it's yours. It's not ours. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that your wisdom and your eternal purposes are, being, um, are shining through, <clears throat> even, even a small gathering like this. And so we thank you, Lord, for your, your love for each of us and the way that you've woven our paths in life together to be at this moment. And uh, I thank you for the, the incredible uh, providence in guiding us. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would use Valley Lights Church to help more people to connect with you and find new life in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.